You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group. American National Insurance, and Spiritless. As the seasons change and the weather warms up, may I suggest a delicious glass of the Terlato Pinot Grigio. It was 1979 when Anthony Terlato introduced America to Pinot Grigio, earning him the title, the father of Pinot Grigio. Since then, his son Bill has spent years making sure that the taste of this Pinot Grigio would be unlike any other in the market. Notes of peach, pear, citrus, and a distinct minerality. From the hills of northern Italy, the grapes meticulously handpicked. This would be a dynamite choice for your summer table. Use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, Visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. If you listen to this podcast, you know I love a great founder story. That's why I love the story of Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. Three young women from Louisville, Kentucky, who had the idea for a healthier bourbon. Healthier in the sense it has no alcohol. So you can have an evening cocktail with no guilt and almost no calories. It is so delicious. I love to squeeze an orange slice, a couple of dashes of bitters, shake it with ice, and then strain it into a beautiful glass and just kick back. If you'd like to try a bottle of Spiritless, you can use promo code TODINEFOR to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For The Podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Don Miguel Ruiz. Everyone is an artist. It doesn't matter what language they speak, in what part of the earth they live, they are always creating, and we are alive. Don Miguel Ruiz is a best-selling author of the Toltec Wisdom series, which includes his world-renowned book, The Four Agreements. This book has been a New York Times bestseller for 10 years, and it has sold well over 12 million copies. Through his writing and teaching, Don Miguel is regarded as an inspiration to those around the world and a national treasure in his home country of Mexico. A near-fatal car accident changed the direction of Don Miguel's life. He experienced himself as pure awareness, 
outside of the constraints of the physical body. He realized that the Toltec wisdom of his family contained all of the tools he needed to change the human mind. He moved to the United States to share his wisdom and spent the next 15 years exploring ways to heal and change the human mind. The result of this quest was the Four Agreements. This book contains a specific series of practical steps that, when used by anyone, can result in consistent and long-term personal transformation. Please enjoy my interview with Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel, how are you? Wonderful. Oh, it's so good to see your face. Yes, enjoying every single moment. Oh, thank you for joining me on To Dine for the podcast. It's absolutely wonderful to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoy it. I am absolutely fascinated by your story and your journey, and I cannot wait to dive in. But I am going to start this podcast the way I start all my podcasts, which is by asking you your favorite restaurant. Is there a restaurant that you absolutely love, and if we were to dine, you would take me to it? Well, I will take you to Mr. Ace in San Diego. They have a wonderful view from them to the bay. I, I really like this restaurant a lot. And what is the food? What is it, take me there? What is it, what does it look like? What are we eating? Well, uh, I'm not exactly sure because whatever I ask is good there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, it's uh, it's on the beach that we go for fish, mm-hmm. like a salmon, something like that. Mm-hmm. Even lobster. Mm. Take me back. To your childhood, you were the youngest of 13, am I correct? Correct. How did that shape how you saw the world? Well, you know, being a child, everything was completely new for me. I, I remember when I learned to speak, when I learned to walk, I see myself trying to walk, give us some steps and fall and, and laugh. Mm. Then I, my memories go very far, like I was around two years and maybe even a little less than two years. But of course, it was without words. I add words much later after I, I learned the language. Because learning a language is not that easy. It takes years. Absolutely. Yes. So where did you grow up? And if you had to characterize your childhood, how would you describe it? Well, it's a very happy childhood playing all the time, creating so many things all the time, learning everything. Yes, a thirst for knowledge and asking and asking and asking, mm-hmm. asking all the time. And create some, some games to play with my, my old brothers. It was a, a way to get their attention. I played with them. And later they pushed me away and they played with the older ones <laughs> because I was not good enough. It was, it was a very happy childhood. That's fantastic to hear. You grew up around the Toltec wisdom. And was that something that you learned from your parents? Or was that just well known in your household? Well, you know, uh, we learned what the adults do. Then I learned to behave the way that my parents did. And to, sh- to share with everybody, like the way they, they share with everybody. You know, I live in my own world, in, in the family world. It was my safe place. Mm. 
then that's the only thing that I knew. It was much my later, much later when I understand that there's there was many other ways to live, but at that time I was already a child. Yes, I start growing up. And if you had to describe or explain the basics of Toltec wisdom, what would you say? Okay, well, uh, first is that we are dreaming all the time. There's nothing but dream. Mm. We dream when we are when the brain is awake, and we dream when the brain is sleeping. And the big difference is that when the brain is awake, actions have reactions. When the brain is sleeping, the dream can change any second. And many times we also daydream when the brain is awake, that if nothing is catching our attention, we start daydreaming about being someplace or play with some other things, etc. And there's something that we all do until somebody uh, pull our attention and say, hey, where you been? Well, we was daydreaming, really. But yes, we are dreaming all the time. And this is the main part of the, the to be, a, to grow up with Toltecs. Well, Toltec means artist. Then when I talk about Toltec, I'm not talking about the people who live in Mexico, a thousand years ago or something like that. No, I'm talking about the people who live anywhere right now mm. because the word Toltec means artist. And I see every single human as an artist. And we are always creating. We create all the time. Even if we don't do anything, our mind is always playing something. Mm. Something is going on in, in, in our mind. And yes, this is a dream. We are dreaming all the time. What we see is the reflection of the reality that exists outside. And this is so easy to prove. You just close your eyes and everything disappears. Mm. You open your eyes and everything appears right away. Mm. Then, yes, we dream in that, in, in, in that reality that is virtual, is not real. Mm. It's like living inside of a, of a mirror because our brain is really a mirror. And we perceive the reflection of that mirror. And this is the dream. We are dreaming all the time. We know that everything starts shifting and changing. And mainly when we understand, because we see that what we believe is real is just our point of view. Mm. It's just what we believe is real. And what is so amazing is that billions of us are dreaming and we interact with each other. It's amazing that we can really understand each other. And we're talking about speaking the same language because there are many other languages that we have no idea whatever it means. When you know that, you know that whatever you say is only truth in the language that you speak and truth for the people who understand what you say. But if you, uh, if you try to speak any other language, whatever you say is not true. Mm. Same way, whatever they say is not true for us. But they understand each other. How did you come to really internalize what you're saying? Because you grew up around it, right? This was beliefs that your family had. I know you um, suffered a near-fatal car accident, and that really changed your life. Can you talk about what you learned from that moment and how it shaped you? Well, I have the theory that I am not my body, but it was just only a theory. When I have that accident, I see myself 
sleeping in the car and I see myself crashing the car. And it was no longer a theory for me. Mm. But it then uh, with my, my scientific mind, I want to understand why is all that. Because one thing is believing something and the other is to have that experience. Then I knew as a fact that I am not my body, but I also knew that I live in my body. My body is my home. It's the sanctuary where I live. Of course, that changed my point to be about everything, because if this is true for me, it's also true for everybody else. They live in their body and they may not know that their body is the home, the sanctuary where they live. And something that I learned is to really love and, re- and respect my sanctuary, which is my physical body. Mm. And I witness wherever I go that people don't like their own body. There's many people who hate themselves. There's people who wish to be somebody else and pretend to be somebody else. Mm. And I'm talking about kind of the majority of the people. Mm-hmm. That they, they, they're not comfortable in the place they live in their own home. Mm. And this is because they really don't understand that without our body, we cannot communicate with anybody. We cannot create. We cannot help give or receive without our physical body. In that moment, you see that your physical body is, is your first priority. You have to take care of your physical body. And of course, to love your physical body. Like I can say without a doubt that this body where I live is the love of my life. It's always in me. It's with me since the moment of conception until it pushed me out of the body. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. 
it seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. As the seasons change and the weather warms up, may I suggest a delicious glass of the Turlato Pinot Grigio. It was 1979 when Anthony Turlato introduced America to Pinot Grigio, earning him the title, the father of Pinot Grigio. Since then, his son Bill has spent years making sure that the taste of this Pinot Grigio would be unlike any other in the market. Notes of peach, pear, citrus, and a distinct minerality. From the hills of northern Italy, the grapes meticulously handpicked. This would be a dynamite choice for your summer table. Use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. You wrote one of the most famous books of all time, truly. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about the path to writing The Four Agreements and what led you to those four agreements in particular? Okay, well, first of all, I used to be a medical doctor. I used to be a surgeon, and I, I, I played with my brothers that are also surgeons. But at a certain moment, way uh, many years after the, my car accident, and after I prepared myself with my mother and all that stuff, I decided to stop being a medical doctor. And I decided to share what I learned with other people, which means I changed the direction. Instead of going into be a surgeon, I go into the human mind because that's that's what I really want to to understand the human mind, to understand why the world is the way there is, how humanity is the way there is. And I start focusing that, study that, start uh, having apprentices and with their permission, they explore their minds. I didn't stop until their mind was as clear as water for me. I understood exactly why everybody is the way it is. And I see the, the, the main problem of humanity is what I call the domestication. And what do you mean by that? You know, our parents, our parents domesticate us, indoctrinate us to be what we are. They teach us what they believe, they accept it, and that is what rule our lives. Mm. There's so many things that I was, I was, I, I didn't agree, and I try to understand, and I see the domestication is the main problem. Or oh, at that moment is what I believe was the main problem. But once I go a little deeper, the real, real problem is that we learn to love the same way that everybody else loves, which means I learn to live with conditions, mm. which means I love you if you let me control you. Mm. I love you if you do whatever I want you to do. 
But everybody loves me exactly the same way. They love me if I let them control me. Mm. I, they love me if I behave the way they want me to behave. They love me if I believe the way they want me to believe, which means it's conditional love. And this is how everybody loves everybody mm. with conditions. Mm. And that really becomes the biggest problem. Mm. Once we understand that point, we understand the injustice, the violence, even war. We can understand why we are that way. And this is because we want to impose our will to anyone who led us to impose our will. And vice versa, they do exactly the same thing to us. Once that I understand all of that, I say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that with everybody. But I don't want to create a big book, 800 pages or more than 800 to try to share something that is so simple. Then I see the problem. The problem is the human domestication and that we love with conditions. Then that book means about a possible solution. Four simple agreements that later becomes five, but always were, were five, but I only share four. Four simple agreements who create or make a stronger something very powerful, which is the doubt. If we doubt, we challenge what we believe. Then as everybody knows, or most of the people knows, being impeccable of the world is basic. Mm. And this is because our language is basic words. And with that words, we create a masterpiece of art, which is the story of our life. But Don Miguel, I'm just fascinated by how you were able to distill it and simplify it into these four agreements. That how did you know that these four agreements, like you said, be impeccable with your word, don't make ex- don't make assumptions, that these agreements would be the key to really freeing people up in their lives? Well, it's simple common sense. Like I say, it was a big challenge to try to make, to create a book that anyone can understand, Mm. not only the most intelligent people, but also people who hardly went to school. Because it's just common sense, it's something that everybody knows, but they don't know they know. Mm -hmm. Because all of their life, they practice exactly the opposite, exactly, exactly the opposite. They use the word in order to, to, to hurt people, in order to, well, control people. They take everything personally because yes. they, will, they feel that they're the center of the universe and everything, whatever they say, is about them. Yes. They make some assumptions all the time because they believe that everybody feel and believe what they, the same way that they do. And the do your best is the most important one in my point of view. Because it's what gives the action to the other three. And the only thing that we can do is just doing our best. Mm. And even without knowing, we do the best all the time. 
It all goes back to what you first said when we started this conversation, which is the understanding that uh, we are dreaming and we are dreamers. Exactly. And if you can really internalize that and and fully understand that, then you can realize that no one is there to offend you, right? You need mm-hmm. to realize that everyone is in their own dream. Exactly. And so if something is offending you, it, it has nothing to do with you. It is in no. their world, in their dream, and that you need to just, you know, meet it with grace and love. Yes, in their dream, you're only a secondary character. Right, <laughs> right. They are the main character in their dream. Yes. As everybody is a secondary character in my dream, and I am mm-hmm. the main character in my dream. Mm-hmm. In everybody else's dream, I'm just a secondary character. Mm-hmm. And there's a little story that I, I, I put in one of my books. It's about someone who go to a multi-cinema. And the first uh, theater they go, he go or she go, doesn't matter. It's about it's his or her own life. And then that, that person sees itself as the main character of that story, exactly the way they see in their life. Mm. And then they go to another theater, and, and that theater is a movie about his or her mother. And you see him or herself in this mother picture being a secondary character. And it was completely distorted in their point of view. It's just how the mother believe that person is mm. and then go with the father and the boyfriend or girlfriend as friends and it was completely different in each one of them because the truth is that nobody know him or know her nobody when you wrote this book did you have any idea that it would become the phenomenon that it became and, and what kind of impact did that have on you as the writer okay the answer is yes I knew that we will go to the entire humanity. You to, did. Every, yes, I did. And I tell, I, I tell that to, to this, uh, uh, this lady who, who published that book. Really? Yeah, I say, well, this book has the destiny to go everywhere. And was that just an inner knowing or was that something that was told to you? No, I just knew. Yeah. You know? You know what faith is, right? Yes. Faith is believe something in something a hundred percent without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And I know myself. I have that faith in myself. I know that if I create something like that, it will be the best I can do. Mm. And I have no doubt that whoever read it will love that and will take it in their own life. Mm. Of course, it, it took time for that book to go all around the world. It was step by step because we never did a big publicity or anything like that. I just knew that when you read something, you like it. You give to the friends, to whoever you love and say, look at this. Mm. And it starts shifting and changing. And, you know, I put myself in this book. When I finished the book, it was over. Mm. The book is dead, but when whoever read the book, they give life to that book. Oh wow, that's beautiful! Mm-hmm. Then by giving life to that book, they understand whatever they are ready to understand, mm. and they really help them. But if they read the book again, like a six months later, 
if they give it life to the book again, but now they're different mm-hmm. because the book already shifts something in their in the belief system. Mm-hmm. Then when they see the read the book for the second time, they go much deeper and get more challenging for something that is very simple. And this is the magic that this book has. Is a messenger who go directly into their mind and give them the power of the doubt that they can change in themselves whatever they're really, really to change. Then there's there's um, many people who read the book five, six, seven times and had the book with all those different lines, the different colors, the way they find it and, and change their own beliefs which means that this book becomes an inner guide who is guiding you to see yourself. It's like you see yourself in a mirror that is shifting and changing according to how your belief systems are changing. And you see yourself clearly and clearly every time until the moment comes that you no longer believe anything. And that's when we start practicing the, the fifth agreement. Mm-hmm. Be skeptical, but learn to listen. But that mm-hmm. time you're skeptical because you already know mm-hmm. that whoever tells you whatever they say may be truth for them, but it's not necessarily truth for you. But you listen because maybe in whatever they say, they telling you what resonates with your truth and you take it. With this fifth agreement, it leads you to a very powerful point that I call the last judgment or the end of the world. The last judgment is when you judge yourself for the very last time. And your world ends right there because now you find out that everything that you told to yourself until that point, it was not real. Then take away an old world who doesn't serve you anymore. And from that moment on, you create this story in a completely different way because now you have the awareness. Now you know. And that's the beauty of the Fifth Agreement. You mentioned that you you knew that this book yes. would be very effective around the world and that Definitely, it would be a big yes. deal. What is it like and what has it done for your faith to see it come to fruition? Because you knew it and then you've lived it. And I'm sure you've received comments and people and accolades from around the world of how this book has changed their life. What has that done for you personally and how has that changed you? Well, it really didn't change me. It did not? No. Because I have that faith before mm. I wrote the book. And that's the reason why I wrote that book. Because mm. I put that faith to everybody. Mm. There's two things that we need to understand. One is faith and the other is hope. Hope is expecting to reach a goal. You know, it's like a carrot that the donkeys following all the time and never get the carrot. Is planning your life, planning what you're going to do. 
And faith is what you have to do right here and right now. Mm-hmm. Then I tell wherever I go that God is hopeless. Of course, people react. But can you imagine God hoping that his creation will be perfect? Mm. No, right. he doesn't hope. He has faith. He knows, no doubt, whatever he do, it will be great. When I was reading your bio and kind of going through the story of, of your life, I had no idea that you had had heart problems and that you had had a heart transplant. Yes. And I imagine that was a, a, a deeper faith journey than you could even imagine. You know, uh, I had a heart attack and, uh, 20 years ago, February 28. And uh, I knew that I was very close to my death. Mm. I didn't exactly how, but I knew. Mm. And it resulted to be a major heart attack. And I was nine weeks in an induced coma. And I was sure before before going to, into coma that it was over for me, that I'm going to leave my physical body. Mm. But no, I came back. But when I came back, of course, everything changed completely again. Mm. And what changed is my point of view of where I send my attention. Really? Yes, before that, I give my attention to all my apprentices. But after that, I step aside and give all my attention to my children. Mm. Because I see that they was not ready. Then I focus all my attention on them. Mm. And eight and a half years later, I have a heart transplant. And it was the same thing, but that but that time my children were already older. But still they were not they were not ready. When you say they were not ready, you keep saying they were not ready. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, when we raise a kid, we know that they are ready when they don't need us at all. Mm. But they fly without us. Mm. They they still was were not ready. Of course, there was a big difference when I have the heart attack that when I have the heart transplant is eight years and a half later. They have the time to grow up, to become mature, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, if I die when I when I have the heart attack, well, it's just about them without my, my physical protection. And that's the reason why I change how I focus my attention and put the attention of them to prepare them to be sure that they are ready to live without me. Mm. Of course, if I die, they, go, they live anyway without me, but, it, but it's not the same. You've been a student and a teacher of how to live a more spiritual, more fulfilled, and more peaceful life. When people come to you and they ask you, what can they do today? to begin that journey from where they were to what we're talking about, what do you tell them? Well, it's kind of simple. First, have to see if it's true what they say, that they really want to change. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to say, I want to change, but the truth is that they don't want to change. And see if... uh, if I want to focus my attention on them or not. 
if I can give them the minimal chance or not, which is the interaction directly with me, which every time is less and less and less because I hardly have any apprentice at all. It's mainly just my kids. But there's so many people that I teach during all those years. There was some thousands of people that I really help a lot mm-hmm. without counting the people that just read my books because uh, I create more books based on the first one and evolve it going deeper into, into the awareness of themselves, into the acceptance of, of themselves and to get that faith in themselves. Because I tell everybody, uh, don't believe in gurus, don't believe in masters, don't believe in anybody. The only one that you should believe is in yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Be skeptical, right? Be skeptical, yeah. but listen. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because you should become your own guru. Then I may help you until the moment that you don't want to learn anymore. Until the moment that you don't need a crutch anymore. And I will love it if I can be your last crutch mm. because you just push me away. You don't need anybody anymore. Mm. Of course, mm. there's very few people who can reach a point like that, but it doesn't matter mm. because life becomes more and more kind the way they see life, of course, because life is just life and it's the biggest teacher ever. Mm. You know, it's the, the master of of everything that exists, really, because everything is alive. Is there a concept that you think about quite often, but that you have not written about, that you almost wish you had written about, or or a concept that you think about quite often as, that would be a great book? Um, no, not really. Uh, right now, I, I, I'm writing a series of that I call Mystery School. It is for books. First was the actor that is already in the and the is published already, and it was uh, Eros, mm-hmm. which is uh, the incarnation of love, mm-hmm. and how Eros fall into conditional love, mm-hmm. and how Eros redeem itself until becomes the incarnation of love. Of course, then grief. That is, uh, we just finished that book, and this is about lost, about what we think we lost, about somebody die, about a relationship that is broke, about a business that is broke, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is how we deal with grief. Mm. And the last one that uh, we start already uh, writing is the myth, and is the last one that I think to write the myth, which is a compilation of everything. What brings you the greatest pleasure these days? What do you do for fun? And what really is part of your daily routine that you love? Well, Greg, what gives me more pleasure is just to breathe. Mm. Just to... And that makes me enjoy everything there is about me. Mm. Then, as you can see, I live always in the present moment. Yes. I live like this is the last day of my life, but I plan like if I will live forever, Mm. then plans are based in hope. Right. But knowing that is hope and knowing that is not real Mm. and knowing that is not important, whatever is the result, but it's just 
to direct certain goals that may happen or not because it's not really that important. But it's important is right here and right now. And that is what I enjoy. Like right now, I enjoy just speaking with you mm-hmm. and see how wonderful and beautiful you are. Oh, thank you. You know, it's funny. Um, we talk about, sim- you talk about everything that I ask you, you always begin with, it is so simple. And I really think that the last thing you said, which was really gratitude, you know, it sounds like such a simple concept. And when people ask, you know, why are you so happy when things are going bad? I think it's just to find something to be grateful for can really make all the difference in the world. You know, really everything is about being grateful. There's something that we should understand. Before we was born, society exists just the way it is right now. There was injustice, there were war, poverty, all the calamities exist already, but also the most beautiful things already exist. Mm -hmm. Which means that we are not responsible for what is happening in the world. Mm-hmm. We are not responsible at all. We, the domestication, they make us believe that we are responsible. Mm. But the truth is that we are not. And by that being respons- responsible, we give because we want to give, not because we have to give. Mm-hmm. And we receive because we want to receive, not because we have to receive. That make a huge difference. And when you want to give, you give the best of yourself. What makes you happy? What is your passion is what you give. You will not give something that is not your passion, but somebody else's passion. Mm-hmm. No, you give what is your passion. Mm. What you feel you are good for, that's what you do. And it's wonderful to be in that way. And just remember, we are not responsible for what happened in the world. We are not responsible for the decisions that they made. And it's something also very interesting to see that when all the calamities happen and coming from nature, that put all of humans together. And we work together to face those calamities. Mm-hmm. But when the problem comes for the humans, that divide humanity, and they bring the wars that we have, that bring envy, that bring hate, that brings violence. We try to impose our will that because a war that humans are playing all the time. We are not responsible for humanity, but we are responsible for ourselves, as you say. Exactly. That, right? We are responsible to always do our best mm-hmm. and to look at the world with, you know, hopefully more loving eyes mm-hmm. and more uniting eyes. I mean, I think the only thing we can do, and maybe, maybe, the, maybe that's it, you know, we're not doing enough of really being our best, right? Maybe more of our best. You know, we are completely responsible for the love of our life. Mm-hmm. This one. To yes. take care of this the most we can. Because then we can give, we can receive, we can share, we can create. And we are created all the time. And that's what Toltec means, of course. Artists. Mm-hmm. 
Everyone is an artist. It doesn't matter what language they speak, in what part of the earth they live. They are always creating. And every single human is a Toltec. Every single human is an artist. And we are alive. And we can enjoy life the most we can. By loving. By loving, exactly. Real love. Yes. Right. Not conditional. Right. Unconditional love. Yes. Well, people would look at their lives so differently if they thought of themselves as an artist, because so many people don't, right? But if they thought of their their life, uh, uh, that they are an artist and that they are creating something, they they would have an agency to their life Mm. that they didn't realize they have. And I think they would look at their lives differently. Yes, we are the producers, the directors, and the main actor or actress of the masterpiece of life that the, of art that we create, which is mm-hmm. the story of our life. Yes. It's a masterpiece. What a pleasure it is to spend some time with you, Don Miguel. Thank you so much for this time, uh, your time and your talent. Really, you're just a beautiful soul, and I, I'm so fortunate to spend a few minutes with you. Thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. And you have all my love. Thank you. Wherever you go. Thanks for listening to, to dine for the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests and the podcast head to to dine for TV.com. You can find us on Instagram at to dine for TV and Facebook at to dine for with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of to dine for the podcast, American national spiritless and Terlato wine group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.